God's grace and mercy and peace belong to you because of our Lord Jesus, our triumphant King, who came into Jerusalem on this Palm Sunday. There was a time when the two women got along. There was a time when they worked at church together, side by side, as two soldiers fighting against the devil alongside their pastor, two people fighting to help more people know about Jesus. There was a time when they were, they were getting along, but not anymore. Something happened. No one really remembers what it was, but something happened to these two women, and we call it sin. One of my favorite quotes is that sin is shaped like a wedge, and when it gets between two people, it splits them apart, and that's what happened to these two women. It broke their pastor's heart. And the pastor was smart enough to know that the problem was not whatever happened long ago that nobody remembers, and the problem was not what she said or what she said. The problem was their mindset. By mindset, I mean the, the thoughts that they have, the attitude in their hearts, the way they perceive the world, their worldview, their mindset was off. So uh, your thoughts, your logic, maybe you know somebody uh, you've seen where they can't think through an issue logically because they're too upset. They had that issue. Or maybe you know, uh, you've said to a little kid, you need an attitude adjustment. Maybe, maybe there are some adults you'd like to say that to sometimes too, but some people probably want to say that about me at times. You, you know what attitude can be part of your mindset, and your worldview is just the way you interpret things. So if somebody after church today, if somebody doesn't come up to you and talk to you, it could be that they're secretly mad at you, or it could be that they're busy and they've got something to go do. Depends on how you interpret the things around you. That's part of your mindset. And these two women had a broken mindset. Their, their pastor was brilliant, and so he knew that was the issue. You know the, the pastor. You, you'd be familiar with him. His name was the Apostle Paul. And the names of these two women were Judea and Syntyche. They have Greek names because they were from the Greek city of Philippi. They were members at the church where Paul was, was a pastor from long distance. And he wrote them a letter. In, in the book of Philippians, chapter 4, Paul wrote, I plead with Judea and I plead with Syntyche to agree with each other in the Lord. You ever had a mindset issue like those women? You ever had it where your thoughts or your attitude or the way you interpreted someone else's actions, it was out of line. I know I have. And I'm not the most brilliant pastor in the world, but the Apostle Paul might be. And fortunately, we have his words written to Judea and Syntyche to help us think through our mindset as we interact with one another. Whether you're thinking about a, a brother or a sister or a coworker or somebody from here at church who it's hard to get along with, if you've got a syntyche in your life, somebody that makes it hard to be nice, then, then Paul wants to talk to us about our mindset about that. And you know what the Holy Spirit's advice is as he inspired the Apostle Paul to write to these women? His advice for how to help us with our mindset is this. 
Look at Jesus. Look at Jesus to help your mindset. That's what Yudia and Syntyche needed. That's what you and I need. Look at Jesus. And if I had to put into my words what you'll find there, uh, I would say you'll find in Jesus the right mindset. Here's what the Apostle Paul wrote. In your relationships with one another, have the same mindset as Christ Jesus. Isn't that a fascinating thing to think about? What was Jesus' thoughts, attitude, worldview? So picture him. You can picture Jesus and he's riding into Jerusalem on Palm Sunday, and people are waving the palm branches. This is the king, they're saying, the son of David, Hosanna, Hosanna, praise him. And what is in Jesus' brain while that's happening? What is his attitude about that? How does he interpret those things that are happening around him? If I had to put it in my words, I would say this is Jesus' mindset. Generous service no matter what. Generous service, no matter what. God put that a lot better than I ever could. And in Philippians chapter 2, we get to peek inside Jesus' brain on Palm Sunday. Here's what God said about Jesus' mindset. He said, have the same mindset as Christ Jesus, who being in very nature God, did not consider equality with God something to be used to his own advantage. Jesus' mindset was generous, because he wasn't about getting for himself, he was all about giving. And so as people uh, were calling out in that Palm Sunday crowd, this is the king, son of David, praise him, Hosanna. As people were calling that out to him, Jesus had every right to say, amen. Say it louder. I am the king. I am the God of this universe, and you are right to praise me. He could have said that. Of course, like if you and I have that attitude, that's blasphemy because we're not God. But Jesus was, Paul says, in very nature God. He had every right to acclaim himself and get glory. But you know what his mindset was? He was not here to get glory or get fame or get praise or get a good reputation. Jesus was here to give. He was generous. His mindset was always to give, to give, to give, He's generous, so he did not use his equality with God as something to be used for his own advantage. Instead, he chose to be a servant. That's what the Bible says. He is, he is God, but he chose to be a servant. Rather, he made himself nothing by taking the very nature of a servant, being made in human likeness. Jesus is a generous servant, Palm Sunday, we get to see that because he chose not to get all sorts of glory for himself by hyping up the crowd. Instead, he rode a humble donkey. But it's just a preview of the rest of what you're going to hear this week if you come to church. So on Maundy Thursday, we have two services. And on those services, you'll hear about the night when Jesus washed his disciples' feet. And the disciples were really turned off by that because that's what a servant should do. And Jesus says, Exactly. He took the nature of a servant. And so the God who rules the world washed the feet of sinful disciples. Jesus' mindset was selfless, generous service. He even said that about himself. He said the Son of Man, that was Jesus' favorite name for himself, the Son of Man did not come to serve, to be served, but to serve. 
A lot of people like to serve, right? It's, it's a popular thing nowadays to be helpful in your community and to be around here. But oftentimes, we'll serve others as long as it doesn't cost us too much. Right? I'll serve, but not if it cramps my, my calendar. I'll serve, but not if it costs me too much money. I'll serve, but I better get some credit for it. You know what Jesus' attitude was? I'll serve no matter what. No matter what it costs me. You know how this quote ends? The Son of Man did not come to be served, but to serve and, and to give his life as a ransom for many. Jesus' mindset was to generously serve us no matter what it cost him, even if it cost his life. And that's what the Apostle Paul tells us his mindset was. He says, being found in appearance as a man, he humbled himself by becoming obedient to death, even death on a cross. Humble, generous service, no matter what it cost him. And it cost him. Death on a cross you know, the, the Roman colony of Philippi, where those Judea and Syntyche lived, where Paul's writing this letter, that was, that was filled with Roman soldiers who had retired. So if you served in the Roman army, uh, you didn't get a pension after you retired. They gave you a house in Philippi, paid for by the government. So the congregation is a lot of people who know Roman soldiers, people who know what happens on a cross because they've been to crosses doing crucifixions before. They know that it costs people their comfort and it costs them their life, but probably better than you and I know it, they understood that being on a cross cost you your dignity. It was humiliating. It was embarrassing. And they knew what happened on Jesus' cross, that Jesus chose to serve us, to give his life for us on a cross, even though it cost him his comfort, it cost him his life, it cost him his dignity, it cost him his reputation, it even cost him his relationship with his Father in heaven. Because on the cross, God the Father forsook his own Son for our sake. They knew what it cost Jesus, and so they knew his mindset that Jesus was going to generously serve humanity no matter what. Jesus served humbly that way, and what was the result? Well, the result was this. Therefore, as a result of what Jesus did, God exalted him to the highest place and gave him the name that is above every name, that at the name of Jesus, every knee should bow in heaven and on earth and under the earth, and every tongue acknowledge that Jesus Christ is Lord to the glory of God the Father. When Jesus humbled himself, God exalted him. That is the opposite of the way most people think about how to get exalted. Most people want to exalt themselves, right? I want you to know that I'm good. I want you to know that I'm right. I want you to respect my rights. And I put myself up, 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 and you know how that usually ends? I'm up here, but I'm the only one who thinks I'm that great. What Jesus did was the opposite. He humbled himself and humbled himself and humbled himself, and he waited for God to lift him up. And when he did, every single person will acknowledge that Jesus is the greatest. Some people in this world don't like to acknowledge and confess Christ as Lord, not yet. But when Jesus comes back on the last day, every single knee will bow 
And every person will admit that what Jesus did by generously serving us by dying on the cross, what Jesus did, everyone will agree, is the most amazing thing that ever happened in the history of the world. Jesus' attitude, his mindset was humble, generous service, no matter what, and wait for God to exalt him. Is that your mindset? It's not your mindset by nature when you wake up in the morning. Because the default setting for human beings is the opposite of this. It's gimme, 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 and make me look good no matter what. Have you seen that attitude wreck someone's relationship before? Have you seen people who demand to be right and so it causes tension in the family? Or people who demand to be respected even when they haven't earned respect? Or people who demand to be first in line and how that can mess with how things happen at church or at school? Our default mindset is me first. And Jesus says, that's the kind of attitude that splits up Christians. That's the kind of attitude that split up Judea and Syntyche. And that's the kind of thing that still breaks pastors' hearts. When I do it, it breaks Jesus' heart. And so God's solution to our mindset that is broken, God's solution is not try harder. And his solution is not, you better be more humble. You know what God's solution is? Look at Jesus. Because when Jesus generously served you, when he made himself nothing and died on the cross, he wasn't just setting an example for you to follow. He was saving you. He was winning for you eternal life in heaven with his death on the cross. And so Jesus' humility is our only hope. And what the Bible is impressing on us is that when we taste and see how sweet it is when someone else serves us, that's what makes you want to serve your brother, your classmate, your boss, that's what makes you want to humble yourself and serve others generously too. Jesus said, or the Apostle Paul says, if you want to fix your mindset, look at Jesus and appreciate all that he's done for you. And then he helped Judea and Syntyche to look at Jesus. Maybe you noticed this, that the, uh, the reading that we had from Philippians chapter 2, when you saw it on the screen or if you look at it in your bulletin, it's, it looks weird. It doesn't look like a paragraph. It's got weird breaks in the line and there's indentations. That's because it's not a paragraph. It's a poem. It's a poem. And, and most Bible scholars agree that this was probably a hymn that they would sing in the church in Philippi when they came together for church. So what the Apostle Paul is doing is he's quoting a song and scholars have called it the Carmen Christi. The Carmen Christi is Latin for the song of Jesus. Paul says to Judea and Syntyche, hey, you know that song that you sing on Sunday mornings? That hymn that you love about how Jesus humbled himself? You know the Carmen Christi that you sing in church? Well, use that to look at Jesus as you try to reset your mindset about one another. What's your Carmen Christi? What's the thing that, that impresses on your brain just how much Jesus loves you? What's the thing that sings into your soul how, how Jesus loved you enough to humble himself even to the point of death on a cross? Is it a hymn that we sing in church? 
that you get stuck in your head and, and it shows you how much God loves you? Is it a quote from the Bible or from a, a, a friend or a scholar? Is there, is there a quote that helps you understand what Jesus has done for you? Is it a picture, an artwork? Is it a story from the Bible that shows Jesus' love? What's your Carmen Christie that helps you see Jesus, helps you look at Jesus? The next time you notice your mindset about somebody who makes life hard, the next time you notice your mindset could be readjusted, then go grab your Carmen Christie and look at Jesus to see just how generously he served you, to reset your mindset so you're ready to generously serve others no matter what. May God grant that for you and for me and for all of us in church, for Jesus' sake. Amen. Hey, thank you so much for spending some time with us and worshiping with us online today. We are so glad you fed your faith through the work of Mount Olive, and we'd love to know that you fed your faith. So head on over to mountoliveappleton.com and click the online friendship register, or just click the link in the description here. It takes about one minute to fill out. Thanks so much for spending time with us. God's blessings on your day.